The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome, everybody. Nice to have you here. You might be listening live on 1150 AM KKNW here in the Seattle area, uh, or perhaps on TransformationTalkRadio.com from anywhere around the world. Or, of course, on Facebook Live. You can find us on Facebook Live on Transformation Talk Radio's page, as well as my professional page. Um, but we're glad to have you here. We're, we're going to have an interesting conversation. And um, there are going to be three of us chatting here instead of the usual two, which is going to make for an interesting dynamic. And I think we're going to be talking, going to be having a lively conversation. But before we go any further, I want to say hello to the people behind the technology. Hello, Olivia at Transformation Talk Radio. How are, how are you today? Ah, Olivia's not there or she's muted. Do you want me to talk for her? Sure, Betty, you go ahead. <laughs> That's the best I could do. That was terrible. <laughs> she has a much softer, sweeter voice I'm than there. that. I'm oh, yay, she's there. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Good morning, Olivia. Thank you for doing what you're doing over there. And uh, hello, Benny. Hi, Christine. Benny, yes. <laughs> happy sunny Friday to you. Oh, happy sunshine any day here in the Seattle. Yes. I'm, I'm so grateful. Um, and I just want to make a quick announcement to people. Um, we had a show that was up on YouTube get taken down because for no good reason, but because of the where we're at in our world right now. And I just want to explain to this to people because it should be putting up red flags here. When you have a former research statistician who designed and analyzed clinical trials in cancer research, co-authored articles in, in medical journals, knows what makes good science and, and, and not when it comes to, to the data in medicine, and talking to a highly respected MD, she's also a naval veteran, and we talked about um, the jab, we talked about um, things such as the face diapers that people have been wearing and it got taken down because it wasn't considered uh, appropriate alignment and I understand Benny that um, KKNW has suffered as well is that correct yeah we were thrown in a little bit of uh, YouTube jail but that's okay we're, we're, yeah. we're we are doing better now yeah well for a week KKNW yes so folks we are at a stage in our country right now for those of us in the United States where what we thought of as free speech isn't free speech because it happens to be on hmm, platforms that are owned by, by um, organizations. And I think it's a very concerning stage that we're at. Um, but anyway, I'll tell you, it, 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 that interview exists elsewhere and it was a good interview and it's just a very sad state of affairs. Uh, but that's not gonna keep me from moving forward in my pursuit of truth yeah, as, a, as a seeker of truth. And today I've got a couple of interesting guests. Um, We've got Matt McButter and uh, Duff McDonald. Let me tell you a little bit about them. Matt McButter is a voracious, I love this, epistemophile, 
philosophile and highly punchable, according to him, highly punchable abuser of big words, annoyingly curious. Some of his obsessions include maps, classic arcades, science fiction, and any sufficiently advanced technology that is indistinguishable from magic. Oh, I love that too. In his working life, Matt has built disease surveillance tools, game systems, and virtual humans. Oh, we're going to talk about that. He teaches entrepreneurship courses to grad students at the University of Toronto. His latest preoccupations include puzzle design and recording conversations with his longtime pal, Duff McDonald. Matt lives in Toronto. And his pal, Duff McDonald, is also here. He is a journalist and author of several books. His first book, The CEO, A, a Choose Your Own Adventure, was co-written with his friend, Owen Burke. He also co-authored his latest, Frictionless, with another friend, Christian Lemieux. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. When deciding to do the podcast, the obvious co-host choice was Duff's long-term, longtime friend, Matt McBetter. The lesson here? Everything is more fun when you do it with your friends. Duff lives in upstate New York on a mountain. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Matt and Duff. Hello. Thank you for having us. Hi. Thank Yes, thank you for having us. We're delighted to be here. You know, um, I, I love the, the title of this and the title of the upcoming book. I just want to get it right. Tickled, A Common Sense Guide to the Present Moment. Um, and I know that you are both seekers, so I always like to start with learning what brings a person on their journey to this place where they're uh, exploring consciousness um, and looking to get tickled in, in this case. So Duff, um, tell us a little bit about your journey and what led you here. Sure. Uh, just to be clear, Christine, our, our podcast is called How to Tickle Yourself. How my, to Tickle Yourself, right? My upcoming, my book coming this fall is called Tickled. Yes. And so we've got the two of them. So how did I get on this path? Uh, it's a combination of things. I was all, I've always been intellectually curious and that's one of the reasons Matt and I have been great friends, because we've always traded uh, things we've discovered with each other, you know, up to and including reading books. There was that book that was out in the 90s called Consciousness Explained, uh, which took it. But that took it from a really scientific point of view. Sure. Uh, in more recent years, uh, my current wife got me more heavily into yoga than I had been before okay. and meditation. And then something happened to me uh, in early quarantine when life's distractions uh, were reduced to a near zero minimum. Mm -hmm. uh, I went on a, my focus uh, took on a, a capacity that I had never experienced before. Suddenly, every single thing I was doing, whether it was eating a meal, reading a book, uh, doing something with my daughter, started taking on this kind of vividness that I hadn't experienced before. And in, a, in almost uh, as if a spell had been cast on me, my awareness blew wide open. And, uh, you know, I was listening to the intro to the show, turned my whole life upside down, but in a good way. Uh, suddenly, I knew what mattered to me very right. clearly. I knew what, you know, like most of us, I had, uh, I knew a bunch of stuff, but suddenly I knew what mattered about the things that I knew. 
Uh, my relationships became clearer. Uh, my reading comprehension uh, went to a whole other level. And, so, and suddenly I, I basically, in retrospect, realized I was more in the moment than I had ever been before. So how did I get here? I guess I was laying some groundwork, but it, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, as so many awakenings do, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Matt? I guess at the start of COVID during kind of the initial lockdown, Duff and I started talking more regularly than we had been uh, for, for a long time. We're old friends, actually went to high school together. So been, you know, had a 35 year long friendship. And we had always traded uh, readings, uh, word origins, ideas, you know, just it, things that we both found interesting, music, we, we traded them for years. And Duff, I guess in the course of this sort of spiritual awakening he was having, said, I, I want to write about this. And I, I want to, I would like to have a, I, I think I would like to do a podcast about this. And I guess that we started kind of workshopping how we would, how, what format the, the podcast would be in um, then, which was about April of 2020 and sort of carried on through the summer and we started recording in the fall. Um, my, I'm a little bit more of a skeptic, maybe a little bit more of a science, uh, scientific leading thinker. And so I think one of the, the main, you know, things that interests me is, is debate and is, you know, discussing these things in a lively way. And Duff and I, we agree on some things. We disagree on many, on many things. And we, I think we, we disagree in a very respectful way and we spar, we argue, we have different perspectives on these things. And, um, and, and yet we're still, you know, the best of friends. I, I love that, Matt, because I think about what's happened here in the United States and, and, and to a certain degree, many places around the world over this last year, year and a half, or actually four or five years, where there's this, this huge polarity where it's discussion doesn't happen. Debate, like honest, healthy debate doesn't happen. Um, and there's so much that can come from it. I mean, I, I love when somebody can debate me and change my mind because mm -hmm. that, that back and forth discussion is an opportunity for me to either understand my own perspective more deeply and, 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 and ground it a little bit more or change my mind, you know? And, um, and I love that you've got this sort of the more scientific background I'm a former research statistician who ended up going into healing after um, having a health crisis. So it's, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, both sides of the brain, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So Duff, I know you've written, you know, some books and um, was it your idea to, to create the podcast or was it Matt's? Uh it was actually it was both of us. So what happened was I I had signed a contract to write a book for Harper Collins in December 2019 called The Precision Paradox. And the thesis of it was basically that uh, we have lost the compass in Western society. We are seeking meaning in precision and too much focus on data. And when COVID hit uh, and the tsunami of COVID data 
uh, started washing over us. Uh, I was talking to my wife and I was saying, I got to start writing this book. I wasn't supposed to write it for another year and a half, but this is it. This is mm -hmm. the precision paradox playing out right in front of us. Right. And then when that awakening hit, the the fundamental change in uh, in me was I suddenly realized that it was just like everything else I had ever written about. Really, I was engaging in mirroring. I was I was pointing at other people, saying, "You don't understand," and I was really talking to myself. Uh -huh. And I suddenly realized that. Uh, a career of writing about other people's obsession with numbers had basically resulted in a career about writing about an obsession with numbers. Uh -huh. And I was telling Matt about it and I was saying, this is crazy. You know, I suddenly realized that I'm the guy I'm criticizing this whole time. And I said, I want to, I want to talk about what's been going on. And I had first called him because Matt is, you know, as you heard in his bio, he's, He's a, he's a tech guy, right? He does uh, disease tracking software, virtual reality stuff. And I originally called him just to see if I could get his thoughts on how I might need to set it up. And we're talking through some stuff. And one day I said, so, um, you know, what should, what should the podcast be? And his answer was, I think we're doing it right now we're we're having the con and he's like i think all we need to do is hit record and so it was so that too was also a revelation for for both of us actually which was that what you really need to focus on uh if you want to stay present is what it is that you're doing right now and right. you don't want to talk about what other people are or aren't doing you don't want to spend all your time in a theoretical future. If you want to get to the truth of what what some topic that's meaningful to you, you want to stay in the present in your both in your in your mind and in your discussion. And we realized, oh, what so our talking about talking about this is the podcast. And you know, it turned out we put some form and structure to it, but uh you know, I so that's why I say it's the two of us. I'm talking to him about how should I do this thing, and he responded, "We're already doing it. Uh -huh. Like just listen to yourself speak." And it was like, "Aha!" It was an aha moment for sure. Yeah, that's great. And one of the things that comes to mind, and and I'm not exactly sure why I'm going off on this tangent, but one of the things I've had to focus on over the years is this difference between knowledge and knowingness that like truth on the intellectual rational level, um, the, the scientific level, the data analytic level, and the knowingness of what truth is within our lives and within this moment. Um, Matt, I know that you're a science geek. Do you have those moments where you're feeling that you, you aren't, you're less connected to the knowledge and more connected to the knowingness? I, I don't. I, I don't really have that. I mean, my my sort of core feeling deep down is if I am having those feelings, that it might be even just some neurochemical uh, something happening in my brain that is that 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 is that is an illusion, right down to to free will, to faith, to all these things. I uh -huh. I really look at these as as things that are happening to a biological organism. 
that are sometimes beyond their 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 simple comprehension and may even get mistaken for um, you know for for us for a sort of knowingness. That's just mm -hmm. my personal view, and Duff and I differ very much on that. And okay, so so Matt, you're aware that there's been all sorts of um, technology developed. By the way, this is my cat Luna, who's decided to join very us cute. this conversation. <laughs> Um, Matt, I know you're probably aware of some of the scientific ways to evaluate um, the, the electrophotons, the biophotons surrounding life. And I know I've been a, I, I've not only been a statistician, I've been a, a subject of scientific research in a variety of ways to see if healers can affect the healing process of damaged DNA, um, if we can affect the light in somebody else's biofield, uh, as scientists call auras. Um, same thing with our own biofields. And so how do you piece that into your model of reality? I, I'm always looking, I'm, I'm very much um, scientific method. And so I'm always, I mean, I'm, I'm very interest in, interested in and open to reviewing any of that evidence, any of that scientific literature. Um, absolutely. And I also think that there are major limits of, of science, not only of the tools that science uses, but also of where we are at right now. I mean, you just look at science as a, you know, science marches on through the ages, um, where our understanding was in theoretical physics uh, 50 years ago or, you know, 100 years ago has changed so absolutely, like so much, right? Fundamentally. And that will continue to change. Yeah. And as that evidence is presented to me, I am, I have a very open mind and uh -huh. I'm willing to accept new evidence, but I, I, I feel like I do need to be, um, you know, I need, I need to be convinced. I need to find it convincing. Uh -huh. I'm a natural skeptic when it comes to, to, to those things. But I, I do believe, I think what, one of the things I think is very interesting is, you know, studies in placebo, uh -huh. um, you know, and, and how, uh, scientists often dismiss that as, well, that's just, that's placebo. It's this kind of unknown thing, but there's something going on there. And, yeah. and, and, and it's something that is just very poorly understood by, by a lot of conventional modern science. And that's where I, I think it's uh, a, a really interesting research area is to yeah. dig into that and find out. I mean, there are cases where people can, you know, they're, uh, power of positive thinking people can heal um, themselves and right. something is going on there i i believe that there is some scientific explanation there's some evidentiary I, sure. I i think that there's something happening that we just don't understand yet yeah and i know psycho neuroimmunology they've looked at the mind-body connection in a variety of ways but it's even though it's what 20 25 years old it still is in its infancy and i love the fact that you're a skeptic because the first time i had my energy field evaluated. I hotel suite. I'm on the teaching staff, and I had seen amazing healings in my healing practice, but I had a scientific background. And this um, this Russian researcher Konstantin Karatkov had developed this device where you put your fingertips into this device, and then it maps out an energy field, a biofield around you. And I'm thinking, yeah, right, okay, mm -hmm. yeah, prove it, kind of thing. And I never got to see the data, but I got to see my own, you know, couple of data points. They said, turn your hands off. And, you know, as 
once you're immersed in, in energy healing, your hands are never turned off, but, and then and turn your hands on, they want to see a before after. And the before, there was this huge gaping hole over on the outside of my right thigh. And I'm thinking, and then when my hands are turned on, that filled in, my whole energy field was larger. Um, and I'm thinking, why my, you know, I don't want to have anything going on over there. And then I realized afterwards, oh, I had cargo pants on and I, in that side pocket, I had my cell phone. So in the before, there was this huge gaping hole where my cell phone was, but when my hands were turned on, it was gone. So I thought, okay, well, maybe there is something to it. But I think it's important to, to ask the question, is this, legit, is this legitimate? You know, what is truth? How do we evaluate truth? Um, so Duff, hmm. when, when you're coming from this place of, of awakening and having discussions with Matt, the scientist, uh, how does it help you to expand your perspective on reality? To talk to Matt? Uh, yeah. Um, well, it's, it, you know, we, we have an episode in the podcast called Always Be Wondering, mm -hmm. right? So you don't want to, the, the risk to any human mind or intellect is when you conclude that you know all you need to know, mm -hmm. right? And because yeah. that prevents uh, growth. Uh, so, um, you know, always keep an open mind and to be receptive for new ideas. You know, but to go back to your 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 question you asked Matt about how do you know the difference between knowing and knowledge? Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite example of that, I read in a book last fall where they said um, they're talking about direct perception versus mm -hmm. uh, via intellect. And they said, do you think you're alive? No, you know, you're alive. Mm -hmm. Right. So what do you know that deeply? And um, for me. Uh, and this is one thing that the two of us have been exploring through the different episodes. It's focus on this is where Tickles comes into all of it, right? If you have a focus on uh, uh, your current situation, your present moment, you can feel the faint tickle of existence and experience, right? If you're not mm -hmm. sidetracking your mind. And so what we're constantly trying to do in talking is to sort of tweak ourselves to get in that moment where you have aha and you can feel the knowingness. And I think for me, um, one of the re results of, of doing this thing with Matt is it's helped me actually refine, um, uh, you know, he said we, we, we respectfully disagree. Uh, one of the things that's happened it, since this all occurred to me is it's uh, whereas I used to be pretty good at being offended, right? right. Uh, it's suddenly, <laughs> suddenly these days, uh, if you don't agree with me, I do, it's not that I don't care, but mm -hmm. it doesn't rise to the level of offending me. So it is, it's close to not caring. It's, you just know when someone disagrees with you. Uh -huh. And uh, so I'm working out some of my thoughts and Matt's sort of, uh, you know, uh, in a lot of our episodes sort of pointing to the places where he just does, he's not going there with me. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think, okay, so either uh, one, he's not capable 
of going there with me. And that's not a value judgment. That's just, it's a place I go. He's not going. No right. one's taken. Yeah. Or is it <laughs> a, uh, or have I failed to articulate what it is that I'm trying to say properly? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as a writer, always been interested in, in getting the best articulation of my thoughts out there. And to have someone that you can talk to um, where we don't agree and where they're like, I don't think I can't see that. I don't I'm I'm not going to go there with you. It's a really good way of refining how it is you say what you're trying to say. And uh, it's been remarkable because uh, a lot of people have pointed out, uh, you know, at first we were like, let's just co-host this thing. And then uh, it emerged over time that we were standing on two sides of a fence, right? Like two neighbors in the backyard. And the fence was one of spiritual awakening versus uh, like uh, a scientific intellectual worldview, which is where I was previously to now a a different uh, viewpoint. But we're talking over the fence very calmly about what we see from our side. It's amazing. Uh, you know, you obviously seekers clearly, and I have this desire, uh, want to talk to other seekers about right. the stuff that they're experiencing or they think, but it's just as valuable talking to someone who's basically calling BS on us uh, or saying, I don't see that. And you have to mm-hmm. say, okay, uh, am I, ex- how am I saying this? And is there a better way I can say it? Mm-hmm. And I think you bring up a really important point, Jeff, about how, um, we need to be okay with not convincing somebody or not you know, having somebody not understand our perspective or agree with our perspective. And to me, that's one of the, the key points of um, spiritual awakening is letting go of that darn attachment, you know? Yeah, uh, I used to be, I, I used to be infuriated if uh, someone couldn't see things the way I could, uh-huh. right? Sure. It's like, yeah. what is wrong with your brain? Why can't you follow this? This is logical, rational, reasonable. If someone right. didn't agree, I would accuse them of being obtuse or uh, or intentionally uh, not understanding. Right. And and but absolutely on the other side of this, it's like ah, we all have subjective points of view and a, and a different internal mechanism. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly became absolutely capable of accommodating someone else's point of view whereas mm-hmm. i whereas before it was i just couldn't understand how you couldn't see clearly you know if you look in our politics in this country it's it's same thing both sides are outraged at the inability of the other side to see things the way they do uh-huh. and you know if we could get past that sticking point then we yeah. could talk but we can't right. seem to get past that in the first place yeah yeah and and one of the things I've noticed about the politics is there's so much that's not um, displayed and expressed. So this debate goes on without either side really understanding some of the truth of the other side. So without like seeing that through the media, without be- being willing to listen to it, you know, both sides, they're never going to agree and they're never going to come to any, uh, any sort of place of truth because the the truth is being you know avoided suppressed it's a sad state of affairs we're going to go to a quick break but when we return um we're going to be talking to matt and duff about 
what it means to be tickled, and uh, who knows what, what else we're going to talk about. Stay tuned for more here on the Christine Upchurch Show. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. Years ago, when facing cancer, without any immediate treatment options, I sought healing by making various life changes. For a while, I followed a very restrictive diet. I often found myself obsessing about which foods were good and which ones were bad. Then one day, I realized I was consuming foods based on fear, fear of not getting well. But I didn't want to make choices out of fear anymore. I decided it was far better for my immune system if I allowed myself to experience the joy that came from, say, eating frozen yogurt, than it was for me to ingest the fear that came from avoiding it. Now, instead of choosing healthy habits based on fear, I try to make choices because they feel right and ultimately bring me joy and ease. How many of your healthy habits are really based on fear? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. When you lose a child, you find yourself part of a club that you never chose to join. There is a way to find meaning and joy in your life again. Jen Ripa has created a six-week sacred grief system, helping you let go of grief, heal with compassion, and understand what's available to you in the rest of your life. It can feel scary acknowledging that a part of you wants to move forward because you're not sure how to do it in a way that honors your child. The good news is that when you allow yourself to address your grief in a multi-sensory way, you can transition from sadness, regret, and hopelessness into a life that gives you peace, joy, and meaning. Jennifer understands with deep compassion how you're feeling because she's been there. For more information about the Sacred Grief Course, visit Thriveology.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-O-L-O-G-I-E dot com. The Vibration of Change that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance. From the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On the Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Uptrude Show here on KKNW AM 1150 in the Seattle area, Transformation Talk Radio around the world, and of course on Facebook Live. Um, I've got two wonderful guests today, and Matt and Duff, are, we've been talking about uh, various things about both consciousness and intellectual development and um, trying to, you know, come to some sort of understanding of how those are connected. Matt, you guys, in, in your podcast, you use the, the term tickled. What does it mean to you to be tickled? Yeah, I, I have to say, I, Duff, Duff has really defined this tickling to, to tickle oneself in, a, in an interesting way. So I'll let him maybe get a little bit more into the, into the, 
that how how being tickled is defined in our podcast. But okay. for me, as he defines it, it's really, you know, living being in the moment and paying attention to the things that you love, uh, and and not paying attention to the things that that you don't love. Um, so, I think we all get caught up, and and you know, if, if you go through the the way we structured the podcast is sixteen episodes, which okay. kind of fit together like a puzzle and take you on a little bit of a journey of. Uh, that aligns somewhat with with Duff's spiritual awakening and different sort of elements of that, which are all about jettisoning those jettisoning those things from your life that are that are not positive and uh-huh. and are not and just not focusing on them and focusing on the things that you do love. And so I will I'll throw one of the things out there that that I, I found I re- has always fascinated me and I've focused more time on during this during this period of this last year. And that is, I love puzzles. Like I love puzzles of all types, logic puzzles. Uh-huh. Um, I do crosswords. It's not my my favorite type, but I love uh, you know Rubik's cubes and and little physical puzzles, things like that. I love jigsaw puzzles. And uh-huh. so one of the things I've I've gotten into is puzzle design. So I actually designed a couple of puzzles, which we reveal in the podcast. They're very challenging, um, uh-huh. extremely challenging, but they're the kinds of puzzles that we wanted to make challenging because if we sort of equate life to a bit of a puzzle. And uh-huh. so we wanted them to be challenging like the puzzle of life and the puzzle of finding yourself is, is similarly challenging. So we wanted to, to, to do justice to those puzzles or to do justice to our podcast by making uh, the puzzles that we have in the podcast commensurately challenging. Interesting. So Duff, how do you define tickling yourself? So uh, Matt touched on the the central point, which is, you know, whatever you give your attention or focus to in your life will expand, right? Mm-hmm. So we make the mistake, uh, uh, a lot of us, of focusing on things that we think are not right. And my last book, which I wrote with Christiane Lemieux, is called Frictionless. And the point of it, was you don't want to introduce friction into your life because then you get stuck and things that don't move die. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of my realizations in, in switching from that original book, The Precision Paradox, to Tickled was I got to stop focusing on things that annoy me. I have to start focusing on things that make me happy. Uh-huh. And... Um, the tickle, you can think of it either literally or metaphorically, but for example, uh, I have a recent, uh, hobby of making my own kombucha at home. And, uh, in fact, last week bought a kegerator, a little mini kegerator so that we can go pro. We're putting it in kegs now. And, (laughs) um, I got, I went down the rabbit hole about thinking about what is kombucha. How, how can it be so many flavors? What is it about uh, this thing that sort of carries the essence of flavors as opposed to say juice and uh, realized that I was basically daydreaming about kombucha, right? I was wondering about it a lot. And that is when you, you know, if you can catch yourself, the, thing, the places your mind goes when it's not worried about something or trying to plan something, 
just like sitting there and um, mulling over the glory of existence, that's going to be one of your tickles. Uh, but on a more physical level, uh, you know, I'm a, I've been a Bob Dylan fan for, you know, since I was a teenager when, uh-huh. when he, when I put on his, you know, Matt, and I have disagreed about this on the podcast, uh, you know, for a lot of, and he's not alone for a lot of people. The sound of Bob Dylan's voice is not the most beautiful thing they've ever heard for right. me. It's one of those things that as the instant I hear his voice, something uh, centers in me, uh-huh. right? And right. I can hear more clearly when he, like I, 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 sort of, I realized years ago, I couldn't do actual writing while listening to Bob Dylan because I listened to Bob Dylan uh-huh. instead of writing. Sure. Uh, so for that one, that one's, it's like when you zero in on it, you can feel it. Uh, and, you know, more recently, we don't mention this in the podcast, but my new my new idea is if there is the ocean of consciousness, which we're all trying to tap into. Mm-hmm. Right. There is there is your small self and the big self. When you are connected, when you are in flow, the ocean of consciousness is is basically sending you a message of love. Right. Because mm-hmm. love is all there is. Right. And and the tickle, the reason you feel tickles inside when you are, uh, you know, embracing your experience is because you're getting a message basically from another dimension. It's wiggling in down yes. from the big brain into you and you feel it. You can feel just the joy. You know, the yogis call it bliss. You can feel a faint uh, echo, you know, physical mm-hmm. echo, like, or terrestrial echo of universal bliss. That's what the tickle sure. is. It's, it's basically the big brain saying to you, you're doing this right and uh-huh. keep doing that. And whether it's food tickles your tongue, ideas tickle your brain, physical uh-huh. activity up to and including sex tickles uh-huh. your body uh-huh. and, um, uh, creativity uh sort of tickles your soul because you're creating you're you're bringing things through from the big brain through you out into uh the world so to me a tickle is uh a a message from your brain which is the big brain uh telling you you are on the right path here Mm -hmm. chase that feeling because there's nothing controversial, you know, when someone else is tickling you, you're at their mercy, right? So right. That, that's a difficult, that's a different situation. But when, when you are experiencing a tickle on your own due to your own action, right? There is nothing wrong about that feeling. It's one of the best feelings that there is, right? It's your whole being uh, uh, saying to you, yes. Mm-hmm. And so basically, uh, you know, my new plan uh, since this all happened is to stop looking for people to criticize and start finding things that tickle me. And it turns <laughs> out that. that's a, it's a way more enjoyable way to live your life. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, Matt, I think about the, the sorts of things that you're into and uh, this concept of, of being tickled and, you know, okay, bring it to the moment and, and, and you know, being fully engaged and, and interested and happy about it. 
do you find that your intellectual pursuits can be lighthearted or is it a very, always a very serious thing? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, often, often they are. And I mean, one thing you may have noticed from even my bio is I can lack a bit of focus. I'm interested in many, 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 many things. Uh -huh. And I, and I, I mean, I do enjoy, that does tickle me. I love learning about new things, things I've never heard before, new right. branches of science, particularly, you know, new, new areas of knowledge. And even if they aren't uh, necessarily, I think what might differentiate me from a lot of, I'm also, I should say, I'm a, I'm a small S scientist. I'm not a, um, you know, I'm not like a physicist, researcher or anything like that. I have an, an interest in science. And, uh, you know, a, a, lay, a lay person's interest in, in science. I'm a bit more uh -huh. of a, Duff and I like to call ourselves, a, uh, our, our, we've described the podcast as an armchair philosopher and an armchair scientist having uh -huh. a discussion. And, um, and I, I do find that it, it does tickle me. I mean, it, by Duff's definition there, that, that sort of, I'm, a, I'm very curious by nature, finding out how things work um, and finding out new new information even if it's not accepted by conventional science i think sure. that's what i was going to say is something that might separate me from a lot of more you know practicing researching scientists where they're not as willing to uh you know not as open to ideas that have that have not been accepted by conventional science already and and that brings up the the point that um we were talking about with I was talking about with Duff before about attachment. It's like that scientism, that attachment to, you know, my perspective, my perception of reality in this scientific realm is truth and can only evolve a certain direction. And I love the fact that you are open to considering other things that, you know, may many may consider to be, you know, can't be true because, you know, these laws of science or whatever, uh, because that's the way we evolve, right? Mm -hmm. Is by considering, wondering, and um, reframing. Mm -hmm. It's very, very important. Yeah, one, you know, one day the earth is at the center of the universe and the next day it's the sun. And then the next day it's, you know, we're, we're, we're all just in this large universe, right? I mean, the, sure. these things change over time. One day the earth is flat, the next day it's a sphere. Um, you know, that we've, we talk in the podcast about, you know, the, the leap from, uh, Newtonian, uh, mechanics to, uh, uh to, to Einstein and, and beyond. And right. I think there's sometimes just because of where we are and where, when we're living and many people seem to think, okay, we're, we, we understand it all because we yeah. do have a fairly, you know, I think humanity has developed a fairly good understanding of many of the natural laws of the universe uh -huh. but we're we're on a we're on a line we're somewhere on a line and yeah. there's we still have very far to go and there are many things that science and people just will not understand using any tools in in my opinion are you familiar with bill tiller bill tiller no um he's a well-known quantum physicist he um, he was at Stanford. He was head of the department there and then created, a, he, he left there because he wanted to explore things that weren't, you know, within the context of sort of the approved quantum physics. And 
he's got a, his own center in Arizona. Um, it's like psychoenergetics kind of center. Anyway, fascinating scientist, really amazing scientist. And he said, I spent a, a good portion of a day with him once. And he said to me that, he said, you know, we're, we're a lot of people think that we're going to be able to prove aspects of spirituality through quantum physics. And he said, I don't think so. I think that we're going to have to de develop an entirely new field of science in order to explain it. Um, and so you have to be willing to jump out of the box and maybe yes. even create a new box in yeah. order to explore things. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. So Duff, um, with a spiritual pursuit, I mean, I, you did talk about tickle, but tickle to me also means a lightheartedness, um, being able to have some humor. Do you find that on your spiritual journey, your, 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 your journey into that tickled state that it can also be lighthearted? Oh God. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the main reason Matt and I are both friends and now co-hosts because we, uh, you know, we share curiosity, but it's, it's more humor, right? We, we right. enjoy the art of conversation and, uh, you know, I have always been, you know, I wrote a book about Harvard Business School called The Golden Passport. Uh, um, and it was a serious book. It was about what I thought was moral failure on the part of our business schools. Uh, if you, uh, it, it is probably the funniest book you will ever read about moral failure at business schools, right? So I've always tried to get humor into uh, my life. I appreciate it. Um, uh, uh, I think uh, a good sense of humor in any and all situations uh, is best. My mm -hmm. wife, Joey, makes me laugh every day, all day. And uh, one of the things that I've realized uh, that we've done, and, th and this sort of parallels a little bit with kind of the witness state of a awakening where you can watch your own life unfold, is... Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're having one conversation, which just is about the matter at hand. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there is a second conversation, an ongoing conversation that you end up having with anyone that you know, well, right. Which is the conversation behind the conversation mm -hmm. where you're talking to each other about something, but you throw in a, uh, a, a, a humor jab that relates back to something before, so you're having sort of two levels of communication going on. Mm -hmm. And to me, the most fun to have with a friend or friends is if when you're hanging out, spending time together, that you get the wheels of both of those turning. You talk mm -hmm. about the things that you're talking about, and then you have fun in the way in which you're talking about them. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So so you're, tr you're trying to, to, to stay one... Uh, at two levels, right? You're talking about the subject and you're, t and you're, you're focused on the conversation itself. And that I use humor there all the time, right? Uh -huh. in that's what an inside joke is, right? It's a, right, right. it's a, it's, it's referring to the longer conversation sure. and my daughter's 12. And if I have done anything uh, right as a parent, that is one of the things I have done. I have, I have taught her how to keep running jokes going through days weeks months um mm -hmm. 
And as back to your original question, spiritual seeking and sense of humor, I think they go together hand in glove, right? We don't uh-huh. know what we don't know. Right. And uh, w- when and if we have the good fortune of finally getting the big reveal, right? When it's like, here's the answer. You're sure. going to be laughing at your own ignorance when that <laughs> yeah. happens, yeah, right? And just being shocked at even the la- even those few things that you're, you know, ultimately were like, no, I know this for sure. It's like, oh. no, we don't. We don't. And if you can keep humility uh, about yourself, it makes everything easier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, self-deprecation can be tricky, right? You don't want to go too far. It becomes a whole other thing. But being right. able to laugh at yourself uh, I consider it a high art form and, and it, hugely important. I, and I think about the lightheartedness. I know that when I've taught healing, um, I tell people to have a sense of curiosity and wonder. And I think about, I think about young children, I think between the ages of three to four and a half, child psychologists refer to that stage as the little scientist, right? And you watch these kids and they will like, They'll, they'll be playing with a ball um, on a hill and then they'll, they'll like, you know, play with it and they'll watch it go rolling down the hill and then they'll go and grab it and come back up and then they'll, they'll put it on the hill again and watch it run down. It's kind of like they're realizing, oh, there's this thing called gravity. They don't know what it is called gravity, but it's just this, this joy and they might be squealing as they run and play and they keep doing this um, because they're curious, because they're enjoying the discovery process. And to me, as we seek, and even with intellectual pursuits, having that curiosity and wonder and lightheartedness um, is a much more expansive and enjoyable thing than the serious pursuit of, you know, finding my Kundalini experience or, or, you know, figuring out that darn puzzle that Matt created, you know. Um, and so, you know, um, you know, in Indian philosophical tradition too, there's the concept of Lila, right? Of play. This is all play. Yes. And yes. when you, when you start trying to do a couple things, one, change other people, be uh, demand a change in the situation because mm-hmm. it doesn't meet with your approval, sure. right? You're introducing friction. You're not playing anymore, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're serious. Uh, but when you are uh, open and receptive uh, to uh, staying present, then basically you you can maximize your ability to be spontaneous, to make the right decision at that very moment and roll with it, right? Flow is play. Basically, can you stay on that way, energetic wave? And I, so I think that, uh, uh, you know, we, we get too serious about everything, right? Wow. If you, if you want to, why should enlightenment itself be serious, right? Like that is, I, I have a quote at the, uh, in the acknowledgements to Tickled. Uh, I thank my uh, mother, my late father. I said, you know, dad is, is up in heaven now, probably laughing his butt off at the fact that I finally figured out how to do this, right? <laughs> So it's not, this is, you know, it's like, ah, you're finally with us. And the ability to say, I can't believe what I believed. Uh, It's got to be funny. 
if it if you if you're going to hold stuff against yourself right you're not going to get anywhere right, right. and right. You know, like so i think the play and up to including the play of consciousness it's all a play uh-huh. all of it yeah yeah so um matt what's the website for the podcast uh so you can find it uh i think if you follow us on social we are on facebook we're at how to tickle yourself on uh-huh. instagram at how to tickle yourself or if you google how to tickle yourself.com uh you'll you'll find us at, at storic media so www.storic.com and you can see us uh you can see us right there okay matt in a minute or less what is it that you hope that listeners will get out of your podcast series uh, I, I hope that people will, will sort of join us in, in, the seeking, in the seeking process. I mean, it, really what our, what our podcast is about is always be seeking. It's just always be trying to, you know, always be trying to, to, to learn more, to understand yourself more, and to put together the puzzle of reality. And, you know, as I we love say that. Podcast, put together, sorry, you have yes. to say that again. Put together the puzzle of reality put together the puzzle of reality and it may never put it together but you know the sometimes as we say the uh you know the the journey is the destination mm. and Duff in 30 seconds or left less what do you hope that listeners get will get out of your podcast series so one of the things we talk about is tickles are contagious right just like giggles we're trying to pass it on mm-hmm. uh we have an episode on uh harry potter and someone asked J.K. Rowling, uh, you know, where you get where she gets her inspiration. And she said, mm-hmm. I have no idea. She goes, here's the thing. Writing these books amuses me more than it amuses anyone else. Right. <laughs> so if you can stay in that place and we're still there right now, this is the most fun I've ever had in uh, quote unquote a work product. Right. Mm-hmm. Something we put out there We're we're it's we're tickling ourselves and uh I hope other people can feel it and whether it gives them ideas or tickles them or whatever it is, just gives them that same feeling. Right. Cause if we can pass that on, then, you know, we could change the world. Yeah. Oh, and on that really important note, um, we're going to end the show. Thank you, Duff. Thank you, Matt. And thank you listeners and viewers for joining us here today. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.